Welcome to this verse-by-verse Bible teaching from Calvary Queen Creek in Arizona with Pastor Jim Remington. We hope you're blessed by listening. Romans 10.17 says, Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. For more information, please visit calvaryqueencreek.org. 1 Corinthians chapter 16, we left off at verse 12. So, now concerning our brother Apollos, I strongly urged him to come to you with the brethren. But he was quite unwilling to come at this time. However, he will come when he has a convenient time. Watch, stand fast in the faith, be brave, be strong. Let all that you do be done with love. I urge you, brethren, you know the household Stephanus, that it is the first fruits of Achaia, and that they have devoted themselves to the ministry of the saints, that you also submit to such and to everyone who works and labors with us. I am glad about the coming of Stephanus, Fortunatus, and Achaicus. Achaicus. Man, for what was lacking on your part they supplied. For they refreshed my spirit and yours, therefore acknowledging su- therefore acknowledge such men. The churches of Asia greet you, Aquila and Priscilla greet you heartily in the Lord, with the church that is in their house. All the brethren greet you, greet one another with a holy kiss. The salutation with my own hand, Paul's. If anyone does not love the Lord Jesus Christ, let him be accursed. O Lord, come. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. My love be with you all in Christ Jesus. Amen. Father, we're just going to continue in our worship of you. After all those announcements, a lot of things spinning in our heads. They'll still be there after the service. So help us to focus. Focus on your word. Focus on principles. That we might become more like Jesus at the end of this day than we are right now. And Father, I pray for the gift of teaching. We thank you, Lord, for the freedoms we still have to carry our Bibles. We have no idea how long this is going to last. Things are changing so rapidly. So Father, at the time that we have together, use it for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we've been studying for about 15 months now, going through 1 Corinthians, if you're new or if you've been here for a while. The various problems that this young fellowship allowed to come into the church. Very important and need to be addressed. Individually or corporately, it's very beneficial to learn from other people's mistakes. And that's why we go verse by verse. There's much to be learned. We've taken note that these young Christians had allowed divisions, dissension, sexual immorality to come into their midst. midst. They were taking each other to court. They were prideful, boastful, self-seeking. They were satisfying their own fleshly appetites at their agape feast and then misusing communion. They were abusing the gifts and not seeking after loving one another. I mean, wouldn't this be a great church to pastor? But thanks be to God for Paul's stubbornness, for his determination to love agape these sheep. You see, this letter had not only helped the Corinthians establish sound doctrine, but has established sound doctrine for the Christian faith as a whole over the centuries. You will never go wrong. This is so important. You will never go wrong by following the foundational truths found within the Word of God. And this epistle holds many of those truths. So many Christians, what is the will of God? What is the will of God? What is the will of God? Are you reading your Bible? Well, no. 
Are you praying? Not really. What are you asking me what the will of God is? I'm not God. Get your head in the word. Be in prayer. Be in fellowship. Seek counsel. You will learn what the will of God is. But you cannot avoid the foundational truths. And one of those foundational truths is to be reading your Bible every single day. From Genesis to Revelation. That is a foundational truth. Having a devotional time, spending time in prayer, that's a foundational truth. If your life is in chaos, it's probably because you're not doing those two foundational truths. Or there might be other things taking place that are foundational truths. Dating an unbeliever, that's a foundational truth. Living together, having sex outside of marriage, abusing prescription drugs, doing pornography. These are all very basic foundational truths. So don't blame God and don't blame the Holy Spirit. But just repent and look to God and look to the foundational truths that the word of God gives to us. Now concerning our brother Apollos, I strongly urged him to come to you with the brethren, but he was quite unwilling to come at this time. However, he will come when he has a convenient time. You see, God will hold every believer responsible for their own walk. So important. That's a biblical truth. Paul desired Apollos to go and visit the Corinthians, yet we can see that Apollos didn't believe that he was called to go there at that time. Was Apollos wrong for not doing what Paul wanted him to do? I mean, Paul's a senior pastor. Evidently not. Because Paul does not reprimand him for his actions. Instead, he lets the Corinthians know that Apollos will come when it's time, when it's God's time. When it's God's will. You see, Paul was a partner with his fellow co-workers, not a master. Jesus is our master. We are co-laborers in Christ. And we can all co-labor together and allow the Lord to direct our paths for his perfect will to be accomplished in the church. Like tomorrow morning, doing the the roof. We're going to start at 6 a.m. There's going to be, I think, like 24 guys there. There's going to be a lot of personalities, a lot of opinions, but we're going to work together to get the job done. We submit to one another, and everyone within an hour is going to find out, oh, this is what I'm going to do for the next six hours. And that's okay. I mean, you just got to find out what you're going to do and then do it. Do with all your heart. And that's the way it is in the body of Christ. We're not all the head. We're not all the heart. We're not all the lungs. We're not all, you know, you guys get it. We've been through Corinthians. But you, you play a vital role in the body of Christ. What is your gift and are you applying that gift? You see, Paul says that Apollos will be more than happy to come to Corinth when it's God's timing. And you see, this type of mentality always brings peace between coworkers. It will always bring peace. You know, I ask the guys to do certain things and they'll come and talk to me. I'll go, oh, oh, I didn't know that. Okay, no problem. No problem. We work together. I'm not the master. We have one master. But we're co-laborers. And so we have to adjust our schedules sometimes. We might have to do something that we didn't want to do at the time. But we do it because we're all serving the Lord together. And that's why we all get along so good around here. We're just serving the Lord together. So as we go over these verses, we will see the will of the Lord being accomplished in various people. And it's exciting to read about these men and women who love the Lord. It is also really good encouragement for us to keep pressing on in the ministry. Got two questions. Are you young? There's two groups of people in this room right now. You're either young or you're old. 
And that will determine on what you think young or old is. When I was in my 20s, 60 was really old. Now that I'm in my 60s, it's not so old. You're a punk. So anyways, two questions. Are you young? What are you doing for the kingdom of God? What are you doing for the kingdom of God? At the end of the day, when you stand before Christ, he's not going to ask about your 401k. The streets are paved with gold. He doesn't need your money. You're not taking anything to heaven with you. You're going naked. Only what you've done before him for the kingdom of God is going to be there. Are you older? Same question. What are you doing for the kingdom of God? There's no such thing as spiritual retirement. Ever. Ever. When you take your last breath, we'll all say, he retired. Praise the Lord. He finally retired. Till then. You see, it's not what a person or a church requires It's about a personal relationship that we see in the lives before us as we're getting into these closing verses. What are we seeing before us in these closing verses? Just don't blow over them. There's things to be seen and to learn in these closing verses. Watch, 13, the exhortation here is to Paul, to the Corinthians. Watch, stand fast in the faith. Be brave, be strong. Let all that you do be done with love. You know, after all the various instructions, we've gone through 15 and a half chapters, 16 and a half chapters. After all of those instructions that Paul has given to the Corinthians, he goes back to the basic principle that must be considered by every Bible-believing Christian here today. As Paul writes his closing remarks here, he knows that the main problem of the Corinthian church is that they were not living out agape love. And we covered this in depth when we went over 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14. But that was their main problem. They were not living out agape love. That unconditional, committed, selfless love of God that can only be arrived at through the power of the Holy Spirit. You cannot drum this up within yourself. It's called surrendering to your will and asking the Heavenly Father, your will be done in my life and fill me with more of your Holy Spirit that I might love every Russian. Do you think the Ukrainians are innocent? Do you think they're a sweet little country with no corruption? They're corrupt. America's corrupt. Name a country, it's corrupt. Because the God of this world has an influence in that country. That's just reality. Apart from Christ, I was corrupt. Maybe you weren't, but I was. But you were. The scriptures say that. So you want to learn agape love and ask for more of the Holy Spirit to give you that agape love for every single person that the media tries to paint as an evil person. You see, in these last days, we need to take this exhortation into our very soul. There's no doubt that we're living in the last days and it's only going to intensify as far as the perverseness goes. So we must continue to focus on speaking the truth in love. Let's look at Joshua chapter 1. Joshua chapter 1. And if you're new or visiting, we encourage you to have a paper Bible. I get the font thing with your device. And if you need that, great. But really encourage you to get used to a paper Bible. So when they turn your device off, you'll just get a stronger pair of glasses. Or get a Bible with large, extra large font. They actually make Bibles with extra large font nowadays. So again, we need to continue on speaking the truth in love, not becoming afraid of the consequences. There is a tremendous fear of speaking the truth these days. I'm going to get canceled. 
No, God's not going to cancel you for speaking the truth. Joshua 1.6 says, Only be strong and be very courageous, that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, God's speaking to Joshua here, who's now taking over the headship of Israel. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. What did Joshua have? He had the first five books of the Bible. Numbers? Leviticus? Yeah, all of it. All of it. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night. Notice that. Daily devotional time. So that when you do your daily devotion and something hits you in the morning, something jumps off the page, you're just kind of like a cow. You're chewing on that throughout the day and all of a sudden you go... And you chew on it some more. I was raised on a dairy farm, so I kind of... They like regurgitating the food, chewing on it. I don't like that, but that's what they do. It's a great analogy. Meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. Not according to what the pastor says. What does the Bible say? For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage, Joshua. The guy's been alongside Moses for 40 years, fighting the battles, doing the praying, interceding on behalf of these stinking sheep that whine for the last 40 years. And what is God saying to Joshua? Would you be strong? Would you be courageous? I know you are, but you better keep it up. Because it's not going to get easier. You're crossing over the Jordan here. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid. Isn't that kind of weird? Exhortation to a man who is courageous? No, it's not. Because God knows our hearts. Nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Let's look at Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6. I'm going to read that verse 9 again as you're turning to Ephesians. What the Lord says to Joshua, Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. I think that's a great exhortation for you and I today in this culture that we're living in, where it's just absolutely insane what's happening. Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed. For the Lord is God, your God is with you wherever you go. Ephesians 6.10, Finally, my brethren... Be strong in Jim and in the power of Claudia's might. Your Bible doesn't say that? If you're a marital couple, feel free to put your names in there. And later today, you just kind of say it out loud. And yeah, gross. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the tactics of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Therefore, because of that fact, take up the whole armor of God. Do you hear that we should be reading from Genesis to Revelation there? Yeah. That you may be able to what? Withstand in the evil day. Withstand what's going on in our culture. No, that's not coming into the house. No, that's not coming over the internet. No, that's not coming through the phone. No, I'm going to withstand that. That's from the pit of hell. No, I'm going to turn that off. I'm going to disconnect it. Whatever it takes. 
Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Take a stand. As we look back in Corinthians 16, 13 and 14, you see Paul says, watch. Watch, it means to keep awake. Watch, to keep awake. Stand fast. It means to persevere. Guys, we need to persevere in these days, not cave in. Persevere in what? In the faith. In the faith. Be brave. Be strong. Strong there means to empower. How do we get our power? Through the Holy Spirit. More power. In Again, notice, in the faith. It's so important. Walk like a true believer by being empowered by the Holy Spirit. And that's a great exhortation for the church in Corinth, as well as for you and me this morning. See, all of the members, men and women in the church at Corinth, needed to step up and impact their culture through what? Through protest, through, oh, what's coming into churches now? What's it called? Oh, sorry, I didn't have it in my notes. Oh, not political correctness. Uh, huh? Not woke. Yeah, it's woke, but, but there's a specific. Social justice. We just need to do more social justice. Really? I never ask God for justice. I pray for his mercy every day. If you want justice, go for it. I want mercy. And that's what we need in our country is we need mercy (laughs) because no one is just before God. You see, the culture will either infect the believer through the power of the flesh. This is for you and I. What principle can we take from this? You see, there's principles in in the word. The culture will either infect the believer, me, you, the culture we're living in today, through the power of the flesh. I still have flesh. Do any of you still have flesh? Any of you have flesh? Feel free to all raise your hands because you all are stinking sinners, saved by grace. And as soon as you, and you might be thinking, right now, I don't have no flesh. You're right there. Your flesh is coming out. You're just not showing the rest of us. What do you think you are? I don't got no flesh. Yeah, whiner. <laughs> or the believer will impact the culture through the power of the Holy Spirit. It's either... We're going to be infected or we're going to impact. You might want to ask yourself that question today. Are you, are you being infected or are you impacting the church? Verse 15, I urge you, brethren, you know the household of Stephanus, that it is, he, it is the first fruits of Achaia, and that they have devoted themselves. I have this highlighted in my Bible. And that they have devoted themselves to the ministry of the saints. What a great compliment that Paul gives to these men here that you also ought and you also submit to such and to everyone who works and labors with us I am glad about the coming of Stephanus Fortunatus and Achaicus for what was lacking on your part they supplied for they refreshed my spirit and yours therefore acknowledge such men. And we talked about this last week about double honor. You can get the CD. But we should be honoring to those who are in the ministry. Very, very important. But those three words they have devoted, it's a verb. And it means to arrange in an orderly manner. To arrange in an orderly manner. It also can be defined as to place in a certain order. You see, Paul is once again pointing out some of the leadership in the church. These early saints were willing to lay down their lives to serve the flock in an orderly fashion. 
The church at Corinth sent an offering to Paul through these servants' hands, and it was a truly refreshing to Paul. Submit to such. We don't like that word, do we? We're going to have a wedding this afternoon, and whenever I do a wedding, I emphasize the word submit, because most people have no idea what that means. But we're called to submit to one another in the fear of God. We submit to one another in the fear of God. And then we have, just like in heaven, Jesus submit to the Father. The Holy Spirit submitted to the Son and the Father. We have a heavenly order. We have an earthly order. Totally different study, but please do that. So submit to such, it means to obey, to obey. Acknowledge here, it is defined as to become fully acquainted with. Notice at verse 18, acknowledge such men. And that is defined as to become fully acquainted with. Be a fruit inspector. Don't. Be a fruit inspector. Don't be critical, but be a fruit inspector. Nothing wrong with with blessing somebody, thanking them, or coming alongside them privately and saying, hey, um, I kind of noticed this. Is everything okay? Doing it in agape love. Agape love. Nothing wrong with that, but doing it in humility. Doing it in humility. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 11.1, we covered this months ago, imitate me just as I also imitate Christ. So everyone, everyone in this room, as a Christian, you should be at that place where you could say to someone else, either a young believer, imitate me as I also imitate Christ. And if you're sitting there right now going, no way, I would never say that, then you better start asking yourself some questions. Here's the question. Why not? Very simple question. And you know the answer. And if the answer is already going over in your head, why not? Then do something about it. Paul is not some super saint that only he could say this. Every Bible-believing Christian should be able to say it. You're going to be uncomfortable saying it. I'm uncomfortable saying it. There's no doubt about that. But hopefully, you should be able to say it. Because young people need to know what it looks like to be a Christian. And if you're not walking like a Christian, then how are they going to learn to walk like a Christian? That's called discipleship, discipling. And so they need to see that in action. You see, so those who are truly serving the Lord submit to their leadership and follow after their example. For those in leadership, make sure that you're serving the flock, just like Jesus served, washing 24 stinky feet the night before his crucifixion. You see, when Paul first came to Corinth, he joined up with Aquila and Priscilla, who were tent makers. You'll find that in Acts chapter 18. And we see in 1 Corinthians 1.16 that Paul baptized Stephanus. And now at the end of this letter, who do we see at the end of this letter? Stephanus serving with Paul. Again, it's a subtle encouragement for you and I, for you and I today, to stay focused on the Lord and his calling in our lives. Stay plugged in and hanging out with Bible-believing saints. It's the best thing and it is the most beneficial Verse 19, the churches of Asia greet you, Aquila and Priscilla greet you heartily in the Lord with the church that is in their house. Aquila and Priscilla had a house church. Even though they had a business of making tents, they still made time to open their house for others to learn about Jesus. 
And so you can contact Pastor Durrell. He oversees our home fellowships. If you'd like to open your house for a home fellowship, you do need to be with us at least six months. You will need to fill out paperwork. We will need to know you and you get to know us to make sure that we're all on the same page. We don't micromanage around here at all, but we all got to be on the same page. We need, at least, we need to know, know that at least. But feel free, Pastor Durrell, you can contact him if you'd like to open your house or if you'd like to get plugged into a home fellowship, contact Pastor Durrell and he'll help you get plugged in. Verse 20, all the brethren greet you, greet one another with a holy kiss. Greet one another. Now, this is still typical in many cultures, a kiss on the cheek. And you might come from those cultures, um, uh, Uh, I want to say, um, I'll just say. So there's, you know, there's a gal that has that in her culture. And when she sees me, that's what she does. She comes up and she gives me a kiss on the cheek. So what? I know that's her culture. You, t- you see, to the, to the pure, all things are pure, the Bible says. To the pure, all things are pure. Now, as a whole, that's not what we do in our culture. We give holy hugs or holy handshakes. And I learned, out real, I learned real quick if you want a holy hug or a holy handshake. I can do either or. It doesn't bother me at all. And I'm very careful with women. I, I know sometimes other women uh, have come up and given me a holy hug, and it's a bear hug. And I'm just kind of like, okay, <laughs> glad, glad to meet you too. <laughs> I'm fine with it. To the pure, all things are pure. So keep it in context. Just don't uh, go around kissing people. When we were in Egypt, um, <laughs> the guys greet each other with a kiss. And so I greeted the guys. I learned very quick. And then when I met the gals, uh, I, I, I greeted one of the gals. And the, 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 <laughs> the missionary that we were visiting grabbed me real quick and said, we don't do that. <laughs> I go, oh, okay. <laughs> so I shook hands with the ladies. No more kissing the ladies. I said, okay, I'll kiss the guys. i kiss the guys. Not a problem. <laughs> 21, the salutation with my own hand, Paul's. You see, Paul didn't handwrite all of his letters. Uh, He had poor eyesight. He dictated to someone who wrote down his words. But here at the end, he greets the church to make sure that they know that his letter is authentic. So he would always do that with his letters. If he didn't write them, he would always sign off. It has been a time of Paul sharing his heart with his friends in Corinth. If anyone, verse 22, if anyone does not love the Lord Jesus Christ, let him be accursed, O Lord, come. Interesting, if you don't know the Bible, you might get offended right now, so we need to break it down. If you don't love Jesus, this word love here is phileo, Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love. It can be defined as to be a friend of, fond of, have affection for. You remember when Jesus was on the shores of Galilee and uh, having some fish with the guys and afterwards uh, he looked at Peter and said, Peter, do you agape me? And Peter said, Jesus, I phileo you. And then Jesus asked him again, Peter, do you agape me? And Peter said, Jesus, I phileo you. Third time, Jesus says, Peter, do you phileo me? And Peter gets sad. I denied him three times. He has to ask me three times. Ay, ay, ay. Jesus, you know all things. You know I phileo you. So we should have a fondness with Jesus. But 
Peter got to the agape. I'm not bashing Peter. Peter got to the agape. So what's being said is here, uh, is Jesus your friend? Do you like hanging out with Jesus? Are you fond of Jesus? Do you have affection for Jesus, which means you have affection for other Christians? Do you have affection for other people that are not Christians? Do you have compassion, sympathy? Do you hold those, have those godly attributes? You see, it's not that Paul was cursing or damning anyone to hell. He was just making a simple point that Jesus stated over 20 years earlier, found in John chapter 3. Let's look at John chapter 3. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. John 3, 16. And that word perish there is eternal separation from God. Jesus knows, knew and knows that everybody's going to die. So you can get the books and look these words up. It's eternal separation from God. Why? Verse 17. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. So Jesus didn't come to condemn, and we shouldn't go out and condemn either. But let's keep reading on. He who believes in him, the him here is the Messiah, is not condemned. But he who does not believe is condemned already. Self-condemnation. A sinner. Because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Now he's talking to Nicodemus. Nicodemus did not know that he was the Messiah. But he would have understood what Jesus said. Believe in him. Do you believe in the Messiah, Nicodemus? Well, you need to believe in the only Son of God. And this is the condemnation. Here's the condemnation. That the light has come into the world and men, mankind, as you look up that world, so men and women, mankind loved darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. So just think about this. How many of you, before you were a Christian, did evil things, and when you came around somebody that was a goody-goody two-shoes and loved you, you just sensed, I know they love me, and man, I feel bad about what I just did. Self-condemnation. But I love what I'm doing, so I'm just not going to hang around that person. Just get out of my life, because I want to have my fun. I like the darkness. The Bible even says sin is pleasurable for a season. For a season. For a season. For everyone practicing evil, notice this verse 20, John 3. For everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light lest his deeds should be exposed. But he who does the truth comes to the light that his deeds may be clearly seen that they have been done in God. That's why you should get to that point, imitate me as I imitate Christ. That's how you can get to that point. Just keep getting into the light. Just keep getting into the light. As we look back in 1 Corinthians 16, if anyone does not love the Lord Jesus Christ, now we've explained that, let him be a curse. So Paul, we now understand that, what Paul is saying. O Lord, come. Now in the King James Version of the Bible, it's Maranatha. Maranatha in the King James Version. In the King James, it's come. What's the difference? Well, this, this word comes from two Aramaic words. Maranatha does. And I'm not a, I'm not a scholar. Get the books. You can figure this out. Uh, Maranatha, Marana, and Atha. Two words, which means our Lord has come or will come. 
our Lord has come or will come. It was transliterated into Greek letters. So not just translated, but transliterated. And that's why we see the word come in the New King, version, New King James Version of the Bible. It's used only once in the New Testament right here. Now you'll find the word come used throughout, but this word specifically, come, or Maranatha, it's used only once in the New Testament. So Maranatha became a term used by the early church due to the intense persecution of the Roman Empire. Please listen. We're Americans, right? We got the Constitution, right? We got the First Amendment, right? We got the Second Amendment. We got a lot of amendments, right? Nothing's going to come against us, is there? As far as Rome was concerned, there was no other king but Caesar. Sounds like D.C., right? And the new truth program that's coming out. D.C. is going to make sure that the truth comes out exactly the way they want the truth to come out. Even though they're lying all the time, it's going to be called truth. And for a person to deny that fact, it would possibly cost them their lives. Today, that would be livelihoods, cancel culture. Interesting that we still see this type of persecution in some countries to this day. So the early believers were expressing a desire that they were definitely expressing more of in these evil days. Maranatha, Lord. Come quickly, Lord. Save us from this perverse world. So again, some might say, has come. Others might say, come. Which would be an invitation for a speedy reappearance. Uh, We can certainly agree to both. Can certainly agree to both. Jesus has already come, and he will be coming again to rule and reign over this God-forsaken earth, praise God, for a thousand years. And be careful what church you go to, even here in Queen Creek. Um, Calvinists do not teach the whole Bible. So if you're church shopping, be careful. Make sure you look at doctrine. Doctrine is key. Not church bashing, just trying to educate you here. If you want the whole counsel of God, you find a church that teaches the whole counsel of God, not part of the counsel of God. Like the Molina Rain, we're living it right now. Oh boy, isn't this great? This is just a wonderful millennial rain. Revelation is allegorical, it's symbolic, it's not real. Okay, be careful where you attend. Verses 23 and 24. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. My love be with you all. In Christ Jesus, amen, as the music team comes up. You see, Paul ends this letter with the word he often used to start his letters, grace. Notice, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. We've already talked about it, that unmerited, unearned, undeserved favor of God. May the grace rest upon each and every one of us. And finally, that word that he stressed to this church often, this word here is not phileo, it's agape. Agape. May agape love be with you all. They knew phileo. They knew phileo. We got, we got phileo down, especially us guys. You slap me, I'll slap you. You slap me again, I'm going to really slap you. Hey, that's what brotherly love is all about. You ladies would never do that. You would just not talk to each other for a year. So... Uh, I'm married 41 years. I, can, I know a little bit here. <laughs> so agape, my agape be with you all in Christ Jesus. Amen. It's been a great letter, guys. It took us 15 months. I encourage you to read 2 Corinthians. We're going to go into 2 Corinthians if the Lord tarries. Uh, 
Pastor Darrell on Wednesday nights going through 2 Samuel, and then we're going to, uh, when Pastor Darrell is done with that, and I'm, when, I'm, when we're done with 2 Corinthians, then he's going to teach Genesis on Wednesday nights, and I'm going to teach Revelation on Sunday mornings. But uh, I encourage you to read 2 Corinthians this week. Uh, it's 13 chapters, so six days, so read two a day, and last day read three. You'll have it done, and uh, that way you'll get a better picture, and just maybe do that every so many weeks to fully grasp It's a different take. It's a different take than 1 Corinthians. The church has matured a little bit. Praise God. Father, we thank you and praise you for the morning. We thank you for all that's happening in our midst. Father, we thank you for these days we're living in. Lord, the disciples wanted to see the Messiah come, but they didn't understand that he came as a suffering servant. And Lord, we know you're coming back, and you're coming back not as a suffering servant. You're coming back as a conquering king. And so we thank you and praise you for these days we're living in. We know it's going to become more and more evil. That's just reality. That's just according to your word. So Lord, help us to stay plugged in. Help us to stay focused. Help us to get more plugged in. We need one another. We need every spiritual gift that every believer has for the effective working of the body of Christ for the effective working of the ministry outside of this church. We need one another. So, Father, I just thank you for this time. I thank you for your steadfastness. I thank you for your love, your grace, your mercy, all of those attributes that Peter says you freely give to those who ask. So, Father, give us more of your Holy Spirit that we would take on those heavenly attributes and that people would see a walking epistle in their midst. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Thank you for listening to this teaching from God's Word. If you have any questions, would like to request prayer, or want more information about our church and how you can experience the love and hope of Jesus Christ in your life, please visit calvaryqueencreek.org.